My name is Dr Jennifer Fortune and I'm a research fellow at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. On behalf of my co-authors, I'd like to share the results for a study entitled Transition to Adult Services Experienced by Young People with Cerebral Palsy, a cross-sectional study. Transition from child-centred to adult-orientated healthcare systems is defined as a planned and purposeful process that addresses not only a young person's medical needs, but also their educational, vocational and psychosocial needs. While transitions should be planned and purposeful, we know that families and young people often describe this move like falling off a cliff as they lead the familiar support of the paediatric environment. Following transfer, many experience difficulty navigating health services and describe fewer visits to specialist services and higher unmet needs. However, we know from international research when transition is appropriate, it may improve satisfaction with services, mental well-being and quality of life among young people with cerebral palsy. We identified nine key transition practices that may improve the experience and outcomes of transition based on a programme of research completed in the UK, the NICE guidelines and relevant national strategies in Ireland. These included involvement of the parent or carer in the young person's care at a level that's deemed appropriate by both the young person and the parent or carer. Child and adult services provide the young person and families with information that describes the transition process and the support available before and after transfer. A named worker, known to the young person, who oversees, coordinates or delivers transition support and acts as the link between the young person and the various professionals involved in their care. Promotion of health self-efficacy, where health encompasses physical, mental and social well-being. A health professional from the relevant adult services or primary care meets the young person before they transfer from child services. Promotion of opportunities for self-management. Formal training relevant to their health condition in wider life skills, including education, gaining employment, finances, housing, social relationships and mental health. Where there is no adult service for a young person to transfer to, a detailed discharge letter is sent to the young person's GP. And finally, a senior manager with responsibility for implementing transition strategies and policies. This study aimed to assess if young people with cerebral palsy and their parents or carers experienced provision of key transition practices and if health professionals provided these practices to young people with cerebral palsy. We used a cross-sectional design to collect data on the experience and provision of transition practices. We asked young people with cerebral palsy, aged 16 to 22 years, and health professionals to complete a survey. The survey included questions relating to demographics, CP characteristics, and the service that professionals worked in, as well as the key transition practices. Participants completed a paper or online questionnaire. The questionnaire for young people, completed by the young person alone, the young person with support from a parent, family member or carer, or a parent, carer or family member could complete the survey on behalf of the young person. 75 young people with cerebral palsy were included from most regions in Ireland. Of these young people, 19 completed the questionnaire unaided, 26 completed the questionnaire with support from a parent, and 29 parents completed the questionnaire on behalf of the young person.
Most participants were male and had a mean age of 18 years. 60% of participants met the criteria for gross motor function classification levels 1 to 3 and 84% had spastic cerebral palsy. 53% of young people have been discharged from paediatric services. The average age at discharge was 17 years and 10 months. However, this ranged from 15 years to 20 years. Of the young people who had been discharged, 15% could still access paediatric services, 50% were no longer able to access paediatric services, and 35% did not know whether they could access paediatric services anymore. 55% had been referred to an adult service, 30% had not been referred, and 15% did not know if they had been referred to adult services. 108 health professionals working in services located in all regions of Ireland were included. Most were physiotherapists and worked in a paediatric setting. 83% of health professionals working in paediatric services report that young people with cerebral palsy were discharged when they reached 18 years of age. The predominant transition model in services was a direct transfer from paediatric to the adult team, with 48% of health professional respondents reporting this model. 6% reported a combined clinic, and 1% reported an age-banded clinic throughout, or a single duly trained doctor. A further 35% reported no available adult service, and 9% did not select a predominant transition model. So looking first at key transition practices experienced by young people with cerebral palsy. 90% of young people reported that their parents were involved in their care at a level that they deemed appropriate. And similarly, 81% of parents reported that they were involved in the young person's care at a level that they deemed appropriate. 24% received information about the transition process, while 13% had received a written transition plan. A named worker to help with the transition process was reported by 36% of young people. Promotion of health self-efficacy was experienced by 37% of young people, with a further 17% reporting that they did not need help to increase their self-efficacy. 16% of young people reported meeting the adult team. 36% of young people experienced help to self-manage their physical health. However, only 17% experienced help to self-manage their mental health and emotional well-being. 16% received life skills training. And post-discharge, 10% of young people reported that their GP received a discharge letter or report. However, 65% did not know whether their GP had received a letter. Looking next at the percentage of health professionals who reported that each transition practice was provided or available at their service. 63% of health professionals consulted with the parent and 66% consulted with the young person respectively about the level of parental involvement. 69% provided information about the transition process, while 63% reported providing a written transition plan. 35% had a named worker to help with the transition process. 73% reported promotion of health self-efficacy. 30% provided opportunities to meet the adult team. 73% reported supporting self-management. 
36% provided formal life skills training. When no adult service was available for the young person to transfer to, 56% reported sending a discharge letter to the young person's GP. However, further 19% did not know if a letter was sent to the GP. 20% reported a senior manager with responsibility for the transition process. However, a further 23% said they did not know if there was a senior manager responsible for a transition. In conclusion, many young people with cerebral palsy do not experience practices that may improve the experience of transition and lead to better outcomes in young adulthood. Although many health professionals provide transition practices, this is not consistent and several practices are not commonly provided. A coherent approach to implement transition within and across organisations is needed. Appropriate protocols and training for health professionals may improve the provision of transition. Any approach to improve transition experience should involve young people with cerebral palsy and families to ensure it meets their needs. Limitations of the study include the data about young people's experience were collected from both young people and parents. Parents' responses may not reflect the experience of young people. Young people or parents with poor experience transition may have been more likely to complete the questionnaire. And finally, we cannot directly compare the experiences of young people and the response of health professionals and therefore determine if their responses agree because health professionals may not work in the services attended by young people. We would like to take this opportunity to thank the participating young people, parents and health professionals without whom this research would not be possible. We would also like to thank members of the Young Person and Parent Advisory Group for their work throughout the study and the interpretation of these study findings. I'd also like to acknowledge the Health Research Board Ireland and the Central Media Clinic for funding this work. Thank you.